Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I have made it known, both here on this podcast and elsewhere, that when Roe v. Wade was finally overturned, I would literally throw a party. (laughs) And it looks like that day is almost here. In a series of articles reported by the Daily Wire, first of which by Ryan Savendra, uh, he says that the United States Supreme Court has voted to strike down the controversial Roe v. Wade decision, according to an initial draft of the majority opinion attained by Politico. Now, the draft written by Justice Samuel Alito, quote, is a full-throated, unflinching repudiation of the 1973 decision which guaranteed federal uh, constitutional protections of abortion rights and the uh, subsequent 1992 decision, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, that largely maintained the right political reported. And and in also in quotes here, it says, deliberations on controversial cases have in the past been fluid. Justices can and sometimes do change their votes as draft opinions you know, circulate and, and major decisions can be subject to multiple drafts and, and, and vote trading, sometimes until just days before the decision is unveiled. The courts holding uh, will will not be the final until it is published, likely in the next two months or so. We're, we're thinking probably the end of June or so. Now, Alito reportedly writes in a document titled Opinion of the Court that, quote, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start, and that, quote, we hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives, he reportedly added. Politico's report said that they received a copy of the draft opinion from a person familiar with the court's proceedings in the Mississippi case, along with other details supporting the authenticity of the document. Now, we, we know uh, to, to the uh, time of this recording of this podcast, we know that the Supreme Court has come out and said that this is a, uh, a legitimate leak, that, that this was a, a document from them. Now, other Supreme Court justices that cited with Alito included Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. It is not clear how Chief Justice John Roberts will vote. Now, I can probably kind of tell you he's, he's kind of a wet noodle when it comes to that kind of stuff, so I wouldn't necessarily count on him. Uh, the, quote, the Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion, the draft concludes. Roe and Casey um, arrogated that, that, uh, that authority, and, and we now overrule those decisions and return that authority to the people and their elected representatives. That is in quotes. The draft's leak caused an immediate reaction online with notable figures and publications uh, weighing in on the matter, including SCOTUS blog, which wrote, quote, it's impossible to overstate the earthquake (laughs) this will cause inside the court. In terms of the destruction of trust among the justices and staff, this leak is the gravest, most unforgivable sin 
unquote. Now, other notable uh, initial responses to the leak included um, Megan Kelly, who's, of course, a journalist. She said, OMG, legal earthquake, if, if true. But first, how in God's name did the draft SCOTUS opinion leak? Insanely unorthodox, inappropriate, unprecedented, disgusting breach, frankly, will be major investigation into who did it. And, and to my knowledge, this, a leak like this has never happened before where they leak out what the court is going to uh, rule before they actually release that opinion. Uh, Ali Beth Stuckley, uh, podcast host, um, said that as happy as I am about the SCOTUS abortion decision, why leak it now? So leftist weeping and gnashing of teeth can get Roberts to change his mind. <laughs> Uh, Scott Jennings, um, CNN commentator, uh, quote, I hope the leak is found and prosecuted. If this is an attempt to violate this institution and bully the court, stay the course, constitutional conservatives. Kind of interesting, isn't it? So, so here are five key takeaways from the leaked majority uh, opinion draft overruling Roe versus Wade. Um, and this is by Zach Jewell, and he, and he says that the political report of the leaked 98-page draft sent the country into rage, rejoice, and confusion. <laughs> but well, what does the leaked initial draft say about abortion going forward? And what does it mean if the courts follow through with this decision? Here are five takeaways from the leaked majority opinion in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. Number one, Roe and Casey must be overruled. Now, Justice Samuel Alito, the author of the draft, states the decision plainly for all to understand. Roe and Casey were poor decisions and do not hold up under scrutiny of the Constitution. Roe v. Wade was the landmark decision in the 1973 that, that struck down Texas state laws criminalizing abortion. Roe uh, determined that the Constitution did not allow states to punish abortion, effectively legalizing the practice nationwide. In a 7-2 decision, the justice used the 14th Amendment to argue that a woman's right to an abortion is protected by her right to privacy. <laughs> now, Planned Parenthood v. Casey in 1992 was decided nearly 20 years after the Roe decision came down. And in a five to four decision, the justices reaffirmed Roe and also set a, a standard in place to determine if a state set certain requirements on women wanting an abortion. They, they called the standard the undue burden, explaining uh, as a uh, substantial um, obstacle in the path of a woman seeking an abortion before the, the fetus attains viability. Again, nobody really, even then in 1992, understood what that means. It was so uh, ambiguous, but undue burden. But, uh, but in the leaked majority opinion from Dobbs, Justice Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, Neil Gorsuch and Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito reportedly agreed that Roe and Casey have no foundation in constitutional law. Alito's right, uh, writes here, he says, quote, the Constitution makes no reference to abortion. And that's true. And no such right is 
Im- implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely, the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. And again, that's true. The draft goes on to say that the Due Process Clause, which guarantees due process of law before the government can take away life, liberty, or property, does not include, quote, some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution, including the right to privacy. Isn't that interesting? On this basis, the majority reasons Roe and Casey cannot stand. So number two, the Constitution requires abortion to be decided by the states. Now, before Roe, abortion was left up to the states. In, in, in 1970, New York legalized the practice, becoming a, a magnet for women who wanted to terminate their, their pregnancies, you know, kill their babies, but were more bar- barred from doing so uh, where they lived. As the New York Times put it, Alaska, Hawaii, Washington also repealed abortion bans between 1967 and 1973. Another 13 states allowed for more abortion exceptions without fully legalizing it. But after the Roe ruling came down, state laws against abortion became impossible to enforce. But some states have continued to push for abortion bans. Those recent actions on abortion are what led to Monday's leaked decision, which is expected to be handed out by the courts in the in the coming months. In, in 2018, Mississippi passed a law banning abortions after the baby reached 15 weeks gestation. The only licensed abortion agency in the state, Jackson Women's Health Organization, then sued. A district court ruled that Mississippi could not enforce the 15-week abortion ban, arguing that the state did not prove a baby has viability after 15 weeks. A U.S. Court of Appeals upheld that decision, and the case came before the United States Supreme Court in December. Now, Mississippi is far from the only state seeking to ban some abortions. Eight states, including Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, Kentucky, Missouri, Ohio, South uh, Carolina, uh, and even Texas, have recently passed heartbeat bills, banning abortions after an, an unborn baby's heartbeat can be detected. There are also 26 states that would likely ban abortions after Roe is overturned. So abortion would still be legal in most cases in the remaining 24. That is the reality the justices say the Constitution demands. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives, which is exactly what Alito wrote. So number three, overturning precedent. Well, in the Dobbs v. Jackson draft opinion, the the court overrules prior precedent set by Roe. And and Alito notes that some of our most important constitutional decisions have been overruled, uh, uh, have have overruled prior precedences. He points to the infamous decision in uh, Plessley v. Ferguson, a, a case that established the separate but equal treatment for black Americans. In, in Brown v. Board of Education, the court repudiated the, the separate but equal doctrine, which had allowed states to maintain racially segregated schools and, and other facilities. Alito writes, in doing so, the court overruled the infamous decision in Plessley v. Ferguson, along with six other Supreme Court precedences that had applied the separate but equal rule. 
So in other words, just because they ruled something doesn't mean they can't go back and say, oops, we made a mistake. The majority opinion re uh, reminds us that adherence to precedent is the norm, but not in... Uh, it not not uh, not something that you can say that you you hang your hat on that we cannot overrule ourselves. The precedent set in in Roe does not require the court to uphold the decision, especially when the majority questions its constitutionality. Roe was remarkably loose in its treatment of the constitutional text. Alita writes, it held that the abortion right, which is not mentioned in the Constitution is part of a right to privacy, which, of course, is not mentioned in the Constitution. So, so once again, Alito writes with an unmistakably clarity, uh, mistakable clarity here. He, he, ne neither the right to an abortion nor the right to privacy appears anywhere in the Constitution. So federal law cannot stop a state from, from prohibiting abortion based on the Constitution. The court in, in the draft, gets back to the originalist interpretation of the Constitution. In other words, they get back to what the Constitution actually says, not what we want it to say, making it clear that a legal ruling handed down from the court cannot be made on the basis of cultural activism, but only on constitutional law. And that's exactly what the Supreme Court's job is to do. Alito continues, Roe expressed the feeling that the 14th Amendment was the provision that did not work, but his message seemed to be that the abortion right could be found somewhere in the Constitution, and that specific, uh, specifying its exact location was not of paramount importance. The Dobbs ruling would set a new precedent, changing how abortion will be argued before the court in the future. The so-called right to privacy is not a valid legal argument for the constitutionality of abortion. Abortion supporters who maneuvered their way through arguments in 1973 can no longer rely on their loose treatment of constitutional texts to argue for a right of abortion. Now, number four, Roe and Casey have, to, have divided the country. A point easily lost in the bombshell report is the reason these cases have caused so much panic in the first place. Even some liberals will admit Roe and Casey were poorly reasoned arguments. I mean, with, with little to no basis in the Constitution anywhere. And, and, and where decided more, they were decided more on political motivations than anything having to do with constitutional principles. So it should be no surprise that the decisions led to years of division and hostility between political parties, friends, neighbors, and family. Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened divisions, Alito writes. But the draft stresses that the latest decision is not affected by current or future political reactions to the issue. In other words, they're not going to care what people think, and they're going to just simply go off of, what the Constitution says. Quote, we cannot allow our decisions to be affected by an extraneous influences such as concerns about public reaction to our work, Alito explains. We do not pretend to know how our political system or society will respond to today's decision overruling Roe and Casey. And even if we could foresee what will happen, we would have no authority to let the knowledge influence our decision. I, I think that's just such a great 
way of thinking about it. That is exactly what a Supreme Court justice justice should have as far as his attitude. The justices might not know exactly how the country will react to, to this decision, but everyone has a good idea that the overturning of Roe will have just as much, if not more, of a divisive effect as the original decision. Uh, not only was Roe a landmark decision in terms of judicial precedence, but it was also a decision that set the, the, the table for the next decades uh, of, of cultural wars. Just as Roe led to an extreme partisan divide in the past, its reversal will lead to more division. There's just no, no two ways around it, I don't think. All right, number five. Lastly, here's a, uh, a racial disparity to abortion. There is definitely um, that disparity. Justice Alito ventured into even more controversial territory in his draft opinion as he writes of the early supporters of abortion who favored uh, 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 eugenics, especially as a way to control the black population. Quote, some such supporters have been motivated by a desire to suppress the size of the African-American population, Alito writes. It is beyond dispute that Roe has had that demographic effect. A highly disproportionate percentage of aborted fetuses are black, unquote. And he's true. It, it, that, that, is, that is very much true. We, we did uh, a podcast. Um, you can go back into the archives uh, at uncommonsensepodcast.com and you can see uh, the, the podcast that we've done on Planned Parenthood and, and Margaret Sanger and that type of thing. Uh, he talks about it here. He says it, he is correct in his connection of abortion to racism. In the early 20, uh, 20th century, some of the most influential abortion advocates, such as Planned Parenthood's founder, Margaret Sanger, also supported uh, eugenics and had ties to racism. Planned Parenthood even removed Sanger's name from one of their clinics after backlash from people pointing out that, that you know, her, her, her racism. Uh, statistical evidence also proves abortion's disproportionate uh, uh, effect on black communities. Uh, According to a congressional report from June of 2015, black women made up 36% of all women getting abortions while only making up 14% of the childbearing population. That's inequity right there, right? (laughs) Since 1973, over 19 million black babies have been aborted. Yes, 19 million, meaning around 30% of all aborted babies were black even though African-Americans make up only 12% of the U.S. population. That is terrible. That is just so sad. Uh, Opponents of the abortion have long pointed out this harrowing reality. To have the argument written down in a Supreme Court decision cements its importance in history for all to see. And uh, Mary Margaret uh, Olihan points out that... um, that, that Democrats and progressives, they want to subvert the court's decision uh, here on, on Roe versus Wade. Uh, amid a tidal wave of political con- controversy following the leak of a draft Supreme Court decision, Democrats and progressives are calling for the Senate to nix the filibuster in order to codify Roe v. Wade into federal law. This is not going to happen, but this is what they're calling for. Um, frantic. Uh, to protect abortion access, Democrats are now pushing to eliminate the filibuster. Uh, Axios reported Tuesday, noting 
that anxieties over abortion may drive more Democrats to the polls ahead of the midterm elections. See, they're trying to use this to try to stem the tide of, of what is just going to be a slaughter when it comes to the November elections. Democrat Senators Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Cinema of uh, Arizona can have not consented to call uh, to calls to eliminate the filibuster, and it's not going to happen. In, in the in the 50-50 Senate chamber, Democrats need to get at least 60 votes to nix the filibuster and pass the legislation codifying Roe. And according to Axios, Manchin blocked the Progressive uh, uh, Women's Health Protection Act with Republicans last month and is committed to protecting the filibuster now. Uh, if he were to change his mind, he'd be siding with the most progressive members of the Democratic Party, like, you know, AOC and, and Elizabeth Warren and, and, and Bernie Sanders and, and, uh, and the like. Elizabeth Warren actually tweeted out, and here's, yes, she's still on Twitter. Uh, she she, she uh, tweeted out this. She said, end the filibuster, codify uh, hashtag Roe v. Wade with a national law protecting abortion rights, expanding the Supreme Court, stop this horrifying injustice in its tracks. And AOC, apparently still on Twitter, uh, tweets out, people elected Democrats precisely so we could lead in perilous moments like these to codify uh, Roe, hold corruption accountable, and have a president who uses his legal authority to break through congressional gridlock on items from student debt to climate. It's high time we do it. <laughs> she, she actually also tweeted, if we don't, what messages does, it se- does that send? We can't sit around, finger point, and, and hang, hand ring as people, uh, people's futures and uh, equality are on the line. It's time to be decisive. Lead with confidence. Fight for a prosperous future for all and protect the vulnerable. And, well, except the vulnerable that are still inside their moms. <laughs> Leave it all on the field, she says. Here's uh, here's another one. Quote, quote, why haven't we prioritized this? We've had almost 50 years to codify this into law. This is this is from Wisconsin uh, Democratic Senate candidate and and state treasurer Sarah uh, Godlewski, uh, uh, who told Axios late Monday evening in front of the Supreme Court that the Senate just needs to get rid of the filibuster and get this done. She also tweeted, Democrats now uh, need to act now. And of course, in big capital letters, right? Uh, end the filibuster, codify uh, Roe, and defend reproductive freedom. This fight is too urgent. <laughs> Pennsylvania's Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman warned that his party cannot afford to wait. He's, again, also on Twitter uh, still. <laughs> says Democrats have to act quickly, get rid of the filibuster, and pass uh, the Women's Health Protection Act uh, finally codify Roe into law. Uh, he also Twitter, uh, tweeted on Twitter that uh, he says, let's be clear, the right to an abortion is sacred. Wait a minute, right to abortion is sacred? <laughs> Maybe I would say life is sacred. So kind of the opposite of abortion. Um, Democrats have to act quickly, get rid of the filibuster to pass the Women's Health Protection Act and finally codify Roe into law. We cannot afford to wait, he says. It kind of sounds uh, like maybe he got his marching orders from the same place AOC did. But anyway, 
Uh, and the, the Democratic National Committee actually uh, predicted that, quote, make no mistake, reproductive rights will be on the ballot in this midterm election is for more important now. It's more important now than ever before. The Supreme Court has upheld precedent and protected access to abortion for decades. Now, due to the extremist Republicans and conservative justices on the on the court, Roe could be overturned. We will fight back. Republicans must answer for their relentless attacks on the Americans' rights. <laughs> Get rid of the filibuster and protect Americans' right to an abortion. Not ready? Get the hell out of the way, tweeted the national, the Democratic senatorial candidate for Missouri, Lucas uh, Kuntz. Um, and, and, and actually, um, Mary Margaret Olihan actually even brings up how leftist dark money groups uh, are praising the SCOTUS leak as a last-ditch Hail Mary effort. Uh, and this is, this is a little bit concerning. The executive director of a Democratic dark money group is praising the person who shocked the nation by leaking a draft opinion showing the Supreme Court justice may be preparing to announce that Roe v. Wade is overturned. But uh, Demand Justice Executive Director Brian Fallon praised the leak, saying SCOTUS leaks are good. Really? <laughs> SCOTUS leaks are good? <laughs> Elite lawyers on both the left and the right treating the court as precious all these years have been giving cover for an institution that is wholly unaccountable. Rip the veil off. Now, wait a minute. Our founding fathers said that, you know, they wanted to keep politics as far out of the court system as possible. But this guy right here is saying that he wants there to be politics in here. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? <laughs> uh, Fallon, uh, a former top aide, uh, to Senate Majority uh, Leader Schumer uh, heads an organization that has heavily advocated for packing the courts. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and and uh, Judge uh, Kendanji Brown Jackson uh, nomination to the highest court of the land. Um, he did not immediately respond to a request for comment from the Daily Wire, of course, <laughs> because he's not going to add on to that. Experts have told the Daily Wire that to man justice and other organizations with ties to the dark money mothership, uh, Arabella advisors, subject both conservative Supreme Court nominees and justices to character assassinations, threats of retaliation, attacks on their legitimacy, and more. Of course, that's why they leaked. They're trying to uh, go after the Supreme Court justices. Ju Judicial uh, Crisis Network and its president, Carrie uh, Severino, uh, have uh, accused these groups of doing everything in their power to corrupt the judici judiciary and judicial nomination process. Late Monday evening, she stressed that the leak poses a serious threat to institutional integrity of the court. That type of leak is an outrage and it's a betrayal um, of trust, she said, adding that the Supreme Court is the only institution in town that doesn't leak. And, and to do this is a real attack on the institution of the court, not to mention just an outrageous breach of trust to the justice, justices to do so. Now, we know that there's uh, that each justice has, a, has about four uh, of helpers, basically. And so we, and it's coming from one of the 
liberal ones, then we know that we can probably narrow this down to about 12 to 15, uh, 15 or 16. But uh, there is going to be an investigation because it looks like Chief Roberts agrees. <laughs> he, uh, he said uh, late uh, yesterday that Chief John Roberts launched an investigation into the leak of a draft decision overturning Roe v. Wade, suggesting the egregious breach of that trust was an inside job. Um, and this is the statement. He, he said yesterday, a, a news organization published a copy of the draft opinion in, in, pending, in, in, in a pending case. Justices circulate draft opinions internally as, a, as routine and essential part of the court's confidential deliberative work. Uh, he said, although the document described in yesterday's report is authentic, it does not represent a decision by the court or a final portion of uh, of any uh, of any remember on uh, any member on the issue in the case. So uh, he is basically launching uh, an investigation into who leaked this, and that and and that's a very good thing because you know there's a, you know, a lot of people that have called January 6th an insurrection, right? It's an insurrection. Boy, we, you know, it was such a terrible insurrection. Um, well, you know, that ne- wasn't necessarily an insurrection, but what we see here is an insurrection of the Supreme Court. Let's hope the investigation into the Supreme Court insurrection uh, is, is fruitful. And let's also start preparing for a really big party. What do you say? <laughs> you can always, um, you know, start the, uh, the discussion, make this the, the, the discussion starter by going to uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.